This is the voice of the Report of the Week, signing on. You know, when it comes down to topics, there is, a, there is an entire hierarchy of things to talk about. There are some topics out there which, granted, aren't very serious. Uh, you have some topics that are very, you know, in the moment, best way to put it where it may be one of those discussions that works out best when talked about immediately, but let's say six months from now, it just doesn't work out. Perhaps it's focused on a current event or something that is more relevant now than it was or will be uh, weeks or months going forward. And then you have evergreen topics. And, I mean, that's how I think of them. You know, there's always a, a term, of course, in journalism that mentions uh, evergreen stories, things that work out and are applicable at any given time. That means it would pretty much work today, would have worked a year ago, two years ago, or two years from now, etc., etc. And I've never been a fan of the uh, term evergreen, because the way that I've always seen it is it almost undermines any sort of potential seriousness that the topic would have to uh, to offer. It's kind of like, well, it's just it's one of those boring, useless, innocuous things that can work anytime. Something for a rainy day, right? When you have nothing better to share, eh, just throw in an evergreen story. That's just sometimes an attitude that I see toward it. Not always, but it's just something that I've certainly seen myself. And... As a result of that, I've never been a fan of that name, because like I said, I think it just detracts from it, to be quite honest. But in short, this is an evergreen topic, and it's one that I've talked about before, and one that I will most likely talk about again at some point in future programs, because to be honest, I find it so important that whether you've been listening for the first ten minutes and you are a brand new listener, or whether you've been listening for years. This, in my eyes anyway, is one of those topics that I think all of us, myself included, need a refresher course on. Because I think it's one of those things that's important in life. And those things that are very important in life, there is nothing wrong with being, in a way, reminded of it. Or having a certain idea or viewpoint reaffirmed. Right? There's nothing wrong with a reminder, and it's always good every so often to bring something back into perspective, because likewise, your situation changes. Your life changes. The last time you might have heard this talk, you may very well have been in a very different place, a very different setting. You might have had a different mindset, different goals, completely different life. And therefore, you may also have perceived this topic in a different way than you may right now. Granted, that's not a guarantee, but it certainly is a real definitive possibility for a large number of people who are listening. Therefore, I think it's just right to go over this again, uh, because in my own mind anyway, it certainly helps me out. And maybe it'll help you out as well. Sometimes it doesn't really dawn on me just how incredibly important persistence is. I mean, it just doesn't... It doesn't click. You know, sometimes you have these things, and they immediately, it's like a a puzzle piece. Going in, it fits in tight, smoothly, perfectly into place. You have this idea, you have this mindset, you have this mentality. And it's so easy to adopt it, and it all makes sense. It's like that missing puzzle piece, and you're like, you know, wow, this is, this is, this is it. To me, persistence isn't one of those things. And I think it's because it's so prevalent. It's around so much. Look, it's something we already know. And it's kind of hard to have that kind of reaction when it's something that we all know before. Something we've all been told before. Something we've, we've seen, we've read, we've heard. We've had people tell us this. You've probably told yourself this. Well, keep on, keep on trying, you know. Don't, don't give up. Uh, persistence and perseverance is key. 
I, I think practically all of us have been told these things an innumerable amount of times. And as a result of that, because you've heard the same message so many times, you, you know, it's like, okay, I know. Yeah, I know, don't give up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard it before. Here we go again. And that's it, right? Yes. That indeed is it. But at the same time, I think that no matter how many times a message can be told, it can always be delivered in different ways. And no matter what, sometimes having those things refreshed, having that new perspective brought about, and having, as I said earlier, that so-called refresher course on one thing or another can be a lot more helpful than you'd ever think. Now, one thing you have to remember before we really get into things when it comes down to perseverance, the situation is key. And you have to understand that. I want to get out there first and foremost that there are some times when perseverance is not necessarily the best way to go. You know, I never like those lectures and those motivational talks. Or sometimes I'll listen to them online or on the radio or watch a video on YouTube. And the speaker will have this all-or-nothing approach. You ever see those types of things where, like, he or she is essentially saying, you know, don't give up no matter what. Don't give up. Keep on pushing. Keep on trying. I don't care what it is. Do not give up. Now, I could understand that mindset and that mentality, but... Some situations, it is worth breaking it off, taking a break or stopping entirely for the sake of your own well-being or the well-being of others. I think we sometimes lose sight of that. We just focus and we think, all right, I got to do this, got to do that, got to keep doing this, got to, you know, I, even, I truly, I hate it, but I'm, you know, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep going. Well, in some situations, yes, you're not going to like it, but you just got to keep it up. But there are other situations where perhaps stopping something is literally the best course of action for the health of yourself and the well-being of those around you. That, of course, is for you to assess, analyze, and decide upon. So this isn't one of those things that's black or white. It is very circumstantial. You need to understand your own circumstance, and this is going to apply to you in a unique way. Alright? So, I mean... It could apply to school, could apply to work, could apply to your pastime, your hobby. I mean, it could, could apply to anything. So bear that in mind. I know for many of us, in our pursuits, in our undertakings, in our activities, sometimes things go great. Sometimes things go just the way you want them to. If you're in school, your academic performance perhaps meets the expectations or maybe even exceeds them. Socially, things might be going good, having a great time, lots of friends, lots of experiences, lots of memories. In the workforce, you might be having good sales, from that economic standpoint, things may be going very well for you. They might be going well for your business. You might even be getting a promotion. Things are going well. They're going smooth. It's going A-OK. -okay. If you're trying to take up a pursuit, whatever it might be, art, writing, making YouTube videos, recording shortwave radio broadcasts, or any, any and everything... Things might be going well, you might be getting lots of views, lots of hits, lots of feedback, lots of interest. And I think a lot of times these things are given in motivational talks to show you, well, look at how things can be. You know, look, at, look at this, look at this scenario, look at this scenario, look at this person and that person, and look at how well they're doing. And that can be you, maybe that is you. And keep it up, right? Sometimes you hear that. And they use the success of one person or another to incentivize you. 
and I think that's very important. But one thing also needs to be mentioned, of course, because it's a reality, is sometimes things are not smooth. The seas are rough, they're harsh, they're unforgiving, and they're unwelcoming. You didn't get those grades you wanted. Matter of fact, you might even be on the verge of failing. Sales are down. The promotion might not be coming your way. You've been working like crazy. On art. On writing. On the radio shows or YouTube videos. And it seems like no one cares. And you're sitting there to yourself and you're thinking, Why bother? What's the point? I'm doing this because I want to do it. This job is what I wanted to do. This field is what I wanted to pursue. And even if it's not something that you necessarily wanted to do, it might be done for the betterment of yourself. I'm getting this education so I can try to get a degree, so I can get a job, support myself, so on and so forth doing this job to hopefully be able to pay the bills, get rent, get food, be able to save that up so I could do something that I want to do in my free time. But it is not working out. I just don't know if it's worth it anymore. Seem to be investing so much time, so much effort, so much energy into this that it is not meeting my expectations. Because let's face it, while all of these success stories are a very true reality. There are so many stories out there, too, of despair, of failure, and of those who are on the brink of it. And you may very likely find yourself in that exact position. But there's one thing that I need to tell you. You may be on the brink of failure. You may be on the cusp of defeat. And you might be ready to give up. But I want you to know, this isn't the end. It's not the end, and there is so much that can still be done. Grades might be bad, but there are still options and ways that you can go about improving them and other chances and opportunities that may be there for you to go ahead and improve. Things might be bad at work right now, but there are always options. There are always different tactics, different approaches, different strategies to increase sales. Remember that there are always different ways you can handle your situation, and of course, in the end, there are always other jobs out there. Likewise, bear in mind, in the world of creative pursuits, there might be little to no attention on what you do now, but remember this, everyone, even the biggest names out there, had to start from somewhere. In short, what I'm trying to say, I've said it before, but it's something that I truly believe in. Yes, the past is written. The past is recorded, it's down. You can't go back, there's no time machine. But you still have that future ahead of you, that future you can control. That future that you can do with as you please. A future where you have that possibility that you can take yourself and your situation to new heights. And you might be in the deepest hole right now, but you can get yourself out of it. There is always a way to do that. And that I need for you to remember. There is truly only one course of action that I could guarantee will not benefit you. Things are going downhill at work or school or in your pursuits. One thing that will not benefit you, and pretty much the only thing that I could guarantee won't benefit you, is if you give up and quit. That's it. In my own circumstance, with the YouTube channel, the one way I could guarantee you that it would completely fail, as would this radio show, is if I stopped it and completely quit and gave it up. That's the one guarantee I can make, and that is the one certainty of the situation. Because if there's nothing there at all, 
then of course there is no chance for it to get worse, but there is no chance for it to get better either. Now like I said, this is all very circumstantial. This is very dependent on your situation, how things are going for you. But this is what I do say. If you have that inkling, that desire, that urge, that motivation to do this thing or that thing, to continue at your education, your job, or you have that obligation to do so, I don't think it's worth giving up. If it is causing that physical or mental detriment to you, or it is endangering others, it all depends on the circumstances. But for most pursuits, giving up is the one way to guarantee failure. And I have to tell you something. Even to this very day, I sometimes look at the YouTube channel, and I still get down about it. I still feel sometimes the urge, why bother? Why continue? I still get down. I still get demotivated. It happens to me too. Trust me. I've been there, and it still, it still happens to this day. Recently I told you about the issue of the demonetization, and that really bothered me. Because I was there, I was making these videos, this is what I do. I put a lot of work into the video, I was feeling really good about it. I was proud of that piece of work, I really was. Only to have it demonetized and suppressed. That is a gut punch. And I thought to myself, what's the effing point? What's the point? Sometimes I'll look at the videos that I make, and I'll see what people have to say about them. And sometimes I will see the most disgusting, vile, sick, mean comments imaginable. Every insult, every attack, every threat under the sun oftentimes gets sent my way. And I will look at this profane sea of degeneracy and hatred and I'll see that in my videos, and I'll say to myself, Why? Why bother? Why keep it up? If this is what it results in, then why? What's the point? I enjoy doing these videos, I make them, I put them up, and this is the outcome. What reason should I have to continue doing this? I'll ask myself that sometimes. I've been asking myself that question since 2011. Something I've struggled with for eight years now. But there's an answer. And sometimes when you come about that plight, and you ask yourself why, and you question whether you should keep doing something or not, there will be an answer. Very likely, you will be the only one that knows it. But it's there. It's within you. It might be deep inside, but it's there. There is a reason why you started doing this in the first place. There's a reason why you're still at it now. And it's there. It might take a little digging. It might take a little picking. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes it does. It might not just be right there. Sometimes it will be. Sometimes it won't. For me, I know that despite there being an abundance of negative reaction and hateful remarks from my videos and broadcasts. I know that there is an audience out there. It might not be the largest audience in the world. It might even be a, a silent minority, not majority, that these videos may truly help in a way. And when I pick up the microphone and give these talks, that's what I think about. And in the face of all that online adversity, that's what gives me some of that motivation to keep this up. Now that source of motivation is going to be different for you. And like I said, you may very well be the only one that knows it. That might not be the case, but it might just lie within you and you alone.
So whenever you feel that urge to possibly give something up, remember these two things. Number one, ask yourself what it is that keeps you going, what motivates you, and why you are doing what you're doing right now. And number two, understand that the one true way for guaranteed failure is by giving up right now. The future is yours. The future is open. And there are so many ways, even if you are in a big hole right now, in such an issue, such a problem facing you, there are ways, always ways, to get out of it, to circumvent it, to improve your situation. Now, there are unique ways for each situation to better something. There are different ways to improve your career situation, as there are different ways to improve your academic situation. We're trying to get more attention online to your creative pursuits, or in the world of entertainment to get more viewers, listeners. There are different approaches, means, and methods to do each of those things. But I could assure you there's a way. Within practical reason, there is a way. But if it's something that you enjoy doing, want to do, or have to do, the one path that guarantees failure is if you quit now. If you're going through that time right now, and you're making those questions, just remember this. If you have reason to continue, don't give up. This is VORW International, the voice of the Report of the Week. Your feedback is appreciated. Send your questions, comments, reception reports, feedback to VORWINFO at gmail.com. Please stand by. We have a few words from the sponsors who keep this program going. Glowing Ice is a one-man music project that is best described as something called outcast pop. Pop music for unpopular people. Mixing distorted guitars, big electronic drums, synthesizers, and sound effects recorded from the real world, Glowing Ice's latest album, Sunshine Funtime, is something to experience. The topics of the songs from Sunshine Funtime range from the afterlife, gamer girls, songs on the radio, getting married, and even robbing a bank. It's certainly out there, but with upbeat, playful EDM dance numbers like eggplant emoji, to the slow, thick synths and heavy industrial drums of slow motion in bed, there is something for everyone to enjoy. It's Sunshine Fun Time by Glowing Ice, available on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, and everywhere else. Music is sold and streamed online. We also have a message from Steve's Beef Jerky Company, so lend an ear. I've been developing this recipe since I attended high school. I'm currently 35 years of age, and I've come a long way. My family, friends, co-workers are always hitting me up for my jerky, and I even have trouble holding on to my personal stash. Now, I buy the reddest, leanest, and freshest meat that I can find. I slice it up in very thin slices, and I marinate it for three days in the secret recipe of marinade and seasonings. This jerky has a little sweetness and great Cajun flavor. It's slightly spicy, but if you could handle generic buffalo wings, then you can handle this jerky with no problems. Each package is vacuum-sealed and is never left out in the sun. The jerky is prepared in a clean, safe environment. My jerky is moist, and I try to slice it across the grain and thin as possible in order to make sure it is extremely tender. Brand name jerky is loaded with preservatives, which are also bad for you. Sodium nitrate and such are known to cause heart problems, and you have no idea what's in the stuff you're buying sometimes, and that Frankenstein's monster of a product can be scary. Give my jerky a chance. Buy a pack or two, one for your lunchbox, another for a loved one who I'm sure will appreciate it. It's a very lean product, all fat is trimmed off during preparation, and it's a great source of protein. I'm looking at you, bodybuilders. If you'd like more information, please see my Facebook page 
at facebook.com slash stevesjerky. That's facebook.com slash s-t-e-v-e-s-j-e-r-k-y. Stevesjerky at facebook.com. And payment is accepted via PayPal. So we now are going into the second half of the broadcast. If you are tuned in right now, I'd love to hear from you. Your thoughts, feedback, reception reports, questions and comments, and topic suggestions as well. All are welcome. You can send me an email, v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. Now, before anything else, I want to give a few quick shout-outs uh, to some of our online listeners. Dave from Malvern, UK. Chuck in St. Louis, Missouri. Cody in Phoenix, Arizona. Andy in Ontario, Canada. Jennifer in Philadelphia. Joe in the Philippines, and Dr. Kumar in India. On the shortwave, we have Brandon in Washington, D.C., Doug in Georgia, and Neil in Wisconsin, all three of them listening in on 5850 kHz. All right, now, uh, before anything else, for those of you who might be watching this, welcome, welcome, thank you for tuning in. Uh, I've gotten a lot of requests for doing this, and uh, I'm just... I'm, I'm testing something out, really in a non-serious manner, but we're just going to see what happens. And uh, I am filming this at the same time, because everyone wants to see it filmed, so we're just going to see what happens. Uh, but we're just going to pretend that there is, is no camera, and we're just going to do the show as usual. Uh, and, you know, this, this is kind of like a test, and that's all that there is to it. So, first things first. In the last program, I was asking a question to the audience, and I was asking for some responses to see what would come in for this program, and from there, we would just read them out, see what perspectives, and, and so on, uh, we got. Now, the question asked last week was really in regards to perspective, a kind of a glass-half-empty, glass-full perspective, uh, optimism versus pessimism. And it was essentially saying... It was a philosophical question. Someone was criticizing it. They were saying, what's the point? It's not, uh, it's not realistic. Why bother? Uh, but that's really the whole thing about a lot of philosophical questions, points, and arguments is that they, they are not necessarily supposed to be realistic. It's that outside-the-box type of thinking that is an extremely important thing. So that's what it was about. And it was essentially asking, if everyone started focusing on the bright side of things, was not looking at what was wrong with the world and society, but was instead looking at what is going right and what is going well. And everyone had this uh, glass-half-full outlook. Would humanity be better off, or would it be worse off? How would we, how would we be? Uh, so that's what I wanted to see. Now, my answer to that, because I answered it last week, I was saying, well, I think it's all about a balance. I think it's important to be able to look on the bright side of things, but at the same time, you need to know what is going wrong in order to have a so-called reality check, uh, so that if there are issues, you could possibly be able to pinpoint them, address them, and remedy them at that. So anyway, we had a lot of good responses I want to get to. Uh, it always is amazing, though, that sometimes we just can't agree to disagree, uh, where sometimes uh, I'd get some responses. If someone disagrees with what I had to say, oh, they'll be so vulgar and rude and, you know, uh, no one can act civilized. But the, uh, the PG, <laughs> to an extent, responses, uh, we got a few of them here, and let's just get to them. So first, uh, answering this is Zach in Charlotte, North Carolina, I believe. He says... I would say that focusing on the positive would allow us to advance at a much quicker pace. I do not think we need to block out the negative things occurring in our lives completely, but simply place our focus on the positive situations in order to move forward in life. Focusing on negativity will breed more negativity and most likely bring you down. From personal experience, focusing on the negatives keeps you stuck, does not allow you to grow, Focusing on positive thoughts, goals, and ideals will allow us to progress further and grow into better people. Accomplishing small things and staying focused on positives will no doubt help our society move towards a brighter future. Thank you, Zach. That's kind of getting into uh, what I was mentioning last week, where yes, there needs to be that, that balance, uh, like you said. 
And I also agree with your point where you were saying in regards to negativity, it breeds upon itself. You know, negativity, it, it spirals down. It, it's a real true downward spiral. It, it breeds on itself. It focuses. And, you know, one thing leads to the next, to the next, to the next. And uh, it just it spirals down. Thank you for your perspective, Zach. Going over to Aiden writes the following. My opinion is that it would be overall better. To elaborate, depression has often looked at, my apologies, he says, to elaborate, depression has been often looked at as a truer look on the world. Uh, Without sunshine and happiness, it's easier to see the problems. But looking at these problems, where not all of them are possible to fix, I believe is the crooks of where the depression stems from. My first thought was that the population that is receiving help would no longer receive it due to people no longer paying attention to them. But as I contemplated more, I began to realize that the vast majority of people needing help need help because of their focus on the bad things. If everyone focused on the good, then people would be more happy and in turn more happy to help and more content to be around other people without the social anxieties and thoughts of what go wrong. So, the ones that currently need help, but don't have it, could receive it due to a more comfortable atmosphere. And not just in the U.S., he says, but worldwide, there would be a more positive outlook and ultimately change for the better. Very interesting point, Aiden. You know, that's something that I wasn't really, I never even thought of that. Where it it is absolutely possible that if theoretically everyone started having a positive outlook, uh, then people may be more inclined to assist those in need. Uh, That's interesting. You know, nowadays, of course, when it comes down to charity and assisting other people, it's kind of like, you know, it is it is what it is. Uh, You know, any anyone but me is going to go in and step in and help them out. So it's an interesting thing. Maybe if people were looking on the bright side, maybe there would be people that would be more inclined to help. Uh, There's also, of course, a chance that it could possibly breed selfishness. But who's to say? You know, you could also have it where everyone will be, well, everything's going good for me, you know? And it would just be that self-centric viewpoint. Uh, but of course, this is all hypothetical. We we, we cannot test that out. Uh, next viewpoint is from Sawyer. In my opinion, the art of complaining or focusing on negative thoughts in a situation leads to a type of progress. Now, I understand it is important to have positive outlooks on life to keep your emotional stability in check. However, without any negative situations to focus on, I feel as if life would become almost stagnant in terms of human progress, so to say. Thank you, Sawyer, for your viewpoint. And uh, that is interesting that you, you mentioned that, that you, know, you say, well, without any anything negative to focus on, how could things get done? That's an interesting point of view. Thank you for writing in, Sawyer. Uh, next viewpoint comes from Matt in New South Wales, Australia. As to your question regarding optimism and pessimism, I largely agree with the viewpoint. However, I would go as far as to say that focusing on what is going wrong is more important than focusing on what is going well. Now, that's not to say that focusing on what is going well is unimportant, but innovation comes from being dissatisfied with how things are. Looking at how things are doing poorly presents us with opportunities. If you are unhappy with the performance on an exam, for example, you are presented with an opportunity to better your knowledge and understanding. They say that failure is the best teacher, and that is absolutely true. If nothing could be improved on in the world, then we would all stagnate. It's important to have optimism and to acknowledge when things are going well, but being dissatisfied with how things are going is how we progress. Now, see, that's an interesting point, Matt, uh, because, I mean, like you said, that's a good, that's an interesting example, too. If you do bad on an exam, that may very well serve as a source of motivation to say, okay, I screwed up, I messed up, and I can see where I failed, what you know, where that, that fault was, what happened, what went wrong. And from there, if I'm serious about doing better, if I'm serious about improving, 
and you know, just making things better going forward, I can look at where I went wrong, I could hone in on that, and I can take that, work on it, and then the next time around, do a better job. Now, of course, that is with the assumption that everyone has a work ethic, that people are willing to care and say, well, all right, this is where things went wrong, this was the issue, and we can fix it. Sometimes you'll have people that have this complacency and they'll say, I, I don't care. You know? And that, that's where that stands. Uh, but, but like I said, I still remain steadfast in the standpoint, the viewpoint, best way to put it, that there needs to be the balance. Like I said, it's important to look on the bright side of things, to have that glass half full outlook, to have an optimistic attitude, but at the same time to be grounded as well, not to just be completely up there in cloud nine. And like you said, if there are issues, especially serious ones, they need to be addressed and not brushed off to the side in complacency. Janet in South Carolina is checking in next. She says, always look on the bright side of life. You can maintain a positive outlook while dealing with all the relentless travails of everyday life, I'm a very optimistic pessimist. Even when feeling down, try to approach everything with positivity instead of focusing on the negative. It certainly does not mean being happy all the time. I've had rare glimpses of that elusive beast, happiness, but when it leaves me, I still have an underlying current of hope. Thank you for your two cents and your viewpoint. You know, I think it is interesting where by these responses, you are seeing an interesting trend in the answers that are coming in, uh, where you have lots of people that you know, kind of have the same, the same viewpoint. And I think it's a very, a very reasoned one uh, to the extent that there needs to be that balance. Have, it's okay to be positive. It's okay to have that positivity, but not necessarily to have one that is greatly uh, more than the other to the, to the point where one cancels the other out. Uh, I think it all is about that balance. Uh, let's see who else we have. Uh, Chris, Eastern Kentucky. Uh, he says, well, I wonder, is the entire planet looking towards the positive aspects instead of the negative? If we were to only focus on the positive, would there be anything negative? Or would people instead change their entire mindsets to see everything as positive? Would we look at terrible events as a lesson? Or would we look at things as it is destined to happen? Now take the 1950s, for example. A lot of people today always proclaim that those were the perfect times, always wishing we can go back. Like there were no problems, just the golden time to be around. But people disregard the fact that the Korean War was in place, segregation was still a major issue, and women were not accepted to speak their minds. If we keep our eyes on the good things, then it seems that progression into the future for humanity will decrease. And he says, I am a young constitutional conservative. I believe that relying on only the positives just keeps the negativity in a pause. A push back toward finding the solutions to our problems. I do believe a lot of people out there focus too much on what is bad in the world. News networks today have, uh, never have anything positive to say about anyone. It's just a gossip trend. So personally, I believe there should be an equal mend on both parts, an eye for the good and an eye for the bad. Uh, yes, the news cycle... Always, I mean, unfortunately, and this is just how it is, the news cycle uh, feeds and thrives off of negativity. That's just the way that it is. You know, it's the way that it, it goes, unfortunately, because everyone likes to hear those bad stories. Uh, everyone likes to hear, I shouldn't say everyone, but of course, a sizable majority of people like to hear about who got shot, um, who got killed, what, what happened at this robbery here and there and the other thing. Uh, but of course, I mean, I think that ties down into human nature. Uh, you know, another interesting thing that you did mention in your comment was kind of in the hypothetical time machine. 
uh, where you do see a lot of people that say, oh, I wish I wish I could go back to the 1950s or the 40s or, you know, insert time several decades ago. And I think everyone looks at the, 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 the positive traits from that, that era and kind of forgets about the negatives. Uh, one thing that always kind of makes me laugh is sometimes you'll get people who, you know, see the way uh, people dressed back then see, you know, how things looked, and they'll say, oh, yeah, I, I wish I could uh, go back to the 1940s and 50s and so on. And I just think that some people may have this idea that things were really better back then. A lot of people forget the, the very simple thing that the internet didn't exist back then. I think so many of us without the internet or smartphones uh, would just go stir crazy. I mean, look, I'll be completely honest myself. Uh, I use the internet all the time, and while I enjoy getting things from other medias, I enjoy listening to the radio, I enjoy reading, uh, of course, if the internet permanently went away, of course, I would be, I would be clawing up the walls, and I would be, you know, I think so many of us at this point have this dependency on the internet that uh, we just kind of forget about, because it's always there. Uh, we have a couple more answers coming in. Michael M., to answer your question, finally, I certainly believe that a shift towards thinking the glass is half full would have positive effects for our world. Much crime, dereliction, and generally antisocial behavior, I believe, stems from a mental space where few, if any, options appear to be open, where the cloud of negativity obscures the future and chokes out high-quality, pro-social routes of behavior. As you say yourself, negative emotions have a fundamentally different character than do positive ones. While I don't deny negativity has its place, and it certainly does, all of my knowledge and personal experience suggests that a bomb against it would be far from a miss. Thank you for your perspective, Michael M. Always interesting to read. And uh, let's check the time right here. We have enough time to get to two more responses. Uh, Courtney in England, in response to your question asking if things would get better or worse if we focused on what good things we have rather than the bad, I can safely say my answer is mixed. It's all well and good hoping for everyone to be positive, but when you're that person that is feeling such despair, such misery, it seems infuriating. We want people to be open about depression, but as soon as they open up, we want them to close up again. I fear that focusing on what we have and not listening to what people say about the bad, we run the risk of having less and less empathy for one another. We'll be putting far too much pressure on people to cope with very bad things, all because we cannot stand someone from being exasperated or melancholic. There's a reason we talk about a glass half empty or glass half full. It's because they go together to make a haul. We need that balance, as does everything in the world. You're listening to VORW International. So apologies for the, uh, the quite abrupt cutoff there. Uh, if you may even be able to tell by my, I don't know, my cadence, that I'm not, I'm not rolling anymore. Not, I don't have the camera going. Of course, we still have the microphone going. Uh, but, you know, on one final note, what I did want to say is that I really do agree with what you have to say. Balance, I mean, I think that's been the main, you know, the main talking point of this entire thing. It's, it's, it's all about having that balance of the good, the bad, and those two outlooks, you know, they don't need to be that harsh. They need to blend together and... That's how it needs to be. You know, it's kind of funny how it is when I'm doing the video recording of this uh, podcast. You know, you cannot be fully relaxed like you are when it's just audio only. Uh, because when you're recording with video, especially with you know, a high, whatever you want to call it, a high bit rate and resolution, you have to have the lighting right, you have to have the angle right. And you, you cannot afford to make mistakes. You know, that's, the, that's the, uh, the bad thing about it all that I hate. Now, you might be saying, what are you talking about? Of course you can make mistakes. Yes, 
but then you need to edit the video. And do you know how, how much more infuriating it is to edit a, you know, whatever, 60 gigabyte video file compared to an audio-only track? It's, it's absurd. The amount of time it takes to edit that, it's hours and hours and hours. Uh, so that's why I was kind of rushing through everything when I had the camera on, because the fewer mistakes possible is the better. You know, with the, uh, with the audio, of course, oh, I can accidentally, uh, you know, get worked up and knock the microphone down onto the floor. Or, you know, I could just clip that out and it's done. Uh, but when it's video, of course, uh, it's, a lot, it's a lot more that takes to it. And when there's a deadline, that this show has to be done today. It has to be done this morning, uh, right now. I cannot spare that many hours to go ahead. So that's why I kind of you know, uh, barrel through things uh, as I am doing the video recording. Uh, now, finally, we hear from Noah D. Uh, he says, this is quite an interesting topic, to be honest. And I have to say, even as a pessimist, I would say that positivity should win out through the even proposed. Uh, I notice... A lot of the time through negativity, yes, I may focus more on the problems. Ultimately, though, I find that because of this negativity, I usually lose the drive, as I might think I can't really fix this because it's out of my power, or some may feel, due to negativity, that the problem is too small to be addressed. Now, obviously, this has been a reach, but I honestly believe that positivity would not only bring the drive to solve these problems, but create innovative solutions to the problems that would be plaguing us. Positivity never really would see any problem as too small, therefore never letting things really accumulate. My answer is mostly coming from a place of envy of positive people. Anyway, thank you for the food for thought. I love this section of the talk shows and videos. Thanks again. Thank you, Noah, for your response. All right, let's uh, start up the camera and uh, get another part filmed. Okay, so now we get into the segment of the broadcast that is all about you. Uh, this is the part of the show where we read and respond to the miscellaneous topics that are sent our way. So here's how it works for those of you listening in or watching for the first time. If you have a question, you have a comment, you have something you want to hear my take on, my thoughts on, my viewpoint. It could be anything under, under the sun. It could be in regards to current events. doesn't have to be. could be in regards to food. could be about this shirt that I'm wearing, if, if you want. could be about the tie, um, the sun. could be about shortwave radio. I could go on all day about that. Or anything at all. Standard disclaimer, I can't always uh, be able to get to all of them. But... If you have a question or something you want to hear me talk about, any topics for discussion, anything, could be about food or conspiracy theories or flowers or anything, anything out there, way to do it, send me an email, v-o-r-w-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. And also, standard disclaimer, second standard disclaimer, I guess, uh, invest in shortwave. Get one, get a radio, find it, check it out, amazon.com slash slash shop slash the report of the week. All right, now you know how to submit a question and topic suggestion. Let's get to a bunch of them. Uh, first one is from Nathan in Essex, England. I found myself watching a lot of Gordon Ramsay's Hell's Kitchen of late. Now, Chef Ramsay is quite famous for his swearing and use of strong language. I was wondering what your thoughts were on the use of swear words and strong language. Do you find it vile? or part of everyday conversation. You know, this might come off as a uh, little bit of a surprise to some, uh, but swearing in general does not bother me. Uh, I think that there are times, of course, where swearing is perfectly acceptable, uh, and there are some, there are some certain circumstances where those, uh, those choice words uh, really may, may very well be the best, the best things to explain certain situations, and uh, just Sometimes it's literally the best thing that sums it up. Uh, but I, you know, when I do these programs and videos, I always wish to remain professional uh, on air, on video, and for the sake of dignity, I, you know, I don't, I don't swear. I don't, you know, let out any of the f bombs or any of that stuff. Uh, but granted, 
you know, if the situation demands it, and like, like let's say I stub my toe real bad or something, uh, yeah, you're probably gonna hear something from me. Uh, but the one thing, I try not to use it excessively. You know, we're like, you hear some people that in everyday conversation, oh, F this, F that, this effing thing, and so on and so forth. Uh, I think that it can be limited. I think eventually it gets to a certain point where it really does degrade from the quality of whatever it is is trying to be discussed. But I don't think that if you let out a swear here and there, it's the end of the world and you're the worst possible person to ever exist. I don't think that's true. Uh, so I think it needs to come down to a balance. Uh, but, oh, Gordon Ramsay, though, he, he goes off on people. I have to tell you that. You know, the other day I was watching some of the episodes of uh, Kitchen Nightmares. And it amazes me that that show has been off the air for uh, five years. It actually stopped in 2014, but it's still an insanely popular show. You know, you see all the clips of it online and everything, uh, where Gordon Ramsay goes to all these failing restaurants and tries to fix them up, and I emphasize the word tries. Sometimes he does, sometimes the place is just a, a complete failure in, in every way you can imagine. But you hear lots of uh, interesting, interesting words used about uh, in that show. But it is interesting. I mean, I'm a fan of Kitchen Nightmares. I watch it. Uh, you know, sometimes it's it's like it's one of those things where I just shake my head. I can't believe the situation, but that's where it stands. Thank you, Nathan, for your topic suggestion. Uh, going over to Grand Forks, North Dakota, we hear from Allie. Uh, she says, my question is... How do you feel about vegan diets, and do you plan on doing vegan food reviews on your YouTube channel? So thank you for your question and topic suggestion. Just because I review fast food does not mean that I have something against uh, being vegan. Like sometimes, and I think it's totally irrational, where you have people that say, oh... I, I, I eat burgers and steaks, and anyone who uh, does this vegan stuff, F them. Uh, you know, they're weak, they're this and that and the other thing. Uh, I don't believe that for one, one second. Oh, there's... Oh, that's a real low-flying plane right there. Very interesting. Oh, anyway... You'll get these people that go on this whole tirade, and they're saying, oh, you know, this, that, and the other thing. I, uh, I really, I hate people that do this. And, you know, no, you can eat what you want to eat. And if you want to do the vegan diet, and that's, you know, if you want to completely forget about meat or any of animal-based uh, products, that's fine by me. There's nothing wrong with that. As a matter of fact, if I weren't too tied down to fast food reviews, because that's the reality of it, uh, look, we'll just admit it. Uh, people really watch the channel because of fast food reviews. If I started only reviewing vegan stuff, uh, you know, no one, no one would care. That's the sad thing about it. Uh, so if the channel wasn't so tied down to fast food, uh, then I would definitely be uh, be much more active in reviewing that stuff. But nonetheless, you better believe when. Like Burger King, for instance, and there's other places that are all doing the same thing. Releases, uh, what is it, the Impossible Whopper? And other places are doing this too, thank goodness. Uh, you better believe that I'm going to try this stuff out, and if it's good, I'm going to strongly advocate it. Uh, because I think the abysmal conditions that so many animals are sadly raised up in, and the miserable lives that they live, uh, you know, it's sad to think about. It, it's just, it's truly sad to think about. So, what I am glad to see is a lot of these, these major chains to start putting an emphasis on these vegan alternatives. So, it's going to be fun, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, what else do we have? We have Niels in Michigan, usually a, a shortwave listener, but he's tuned in online this week. Uh, do you think that people change when given more or less power, uh, whether it's a promotion or demotion, do you think the individuals truly change because of a power shift? Oh, without a doubt. A absolutely. Uh, 100%. The best thing I want you to look up, if you get the chance, 
uh, researched the Stanford Prison Experiment. Uh, now, that was a psychological experiment that was done, I think, in the 1970s, and I'm just going off of memory here. I think there might have even been a movie, or maybe a short film or something based on it. I really don't know. Uh, but read about it. It's kind of it's fascinating and it's scary at the same time, where this psychologist set up this mock prison, uh, you know, with a bunch of students, so it wasn't like real prisoners or any of that, and he got a certain number of them to be assigned the prisoners, and a certain number assigned the guards. So a certain number was given a type of power and control over another part. And those that were given the power took it to irrational, scary levels. Uh, the, the, you know, people get a power trip. They do. That is a real thing. And, uh, you know, if you read about it, you will find it expressed more informatively and eloquently than I can state right now. But if some people, and this does not go for everyone, but if some people are given power, uh, be that something completely irrelevant, like in that experiment, or if they're given a promotion, or even if they're given responsibility, some people will be fair, they will be kind, they will be just, and they will handle that power with dignity and responsibility. And you will have other people that will take that power, and they will run with it, and they will be... It, it'll be insane. So it depends on the person, but there absolutely is, I believe anyway, a percentage of the population that will take power, run with it, and just irrationally take that control over it and use it against other people. Even if it is just in a fast food restaurant and someone becomes a manager, they may very well uh, be like an authoritarian tyrant at McDonald's. And it's such an irrelevant thing, but some people, that's what they can get their hands on. That's what they're going to do with it. All right, we're just readjusting the camera angle right here. And uh, on to the next topic we go to. Uh, let's do a time check real quick. Okay. Uh, Jenna is checking in. She says, are we living in a simulation? Now, I don't, I don't think that's a topic that we'll ever be able to prove or, or disprove, perhaps. Of course, it depends on what your standpoint is, your belief, and so on. Uh, but I'll admit, one time I was really questioning... I mean, sincerely, if we were living in a simulation or not, uh, was when I was having a particularly bad bout of depersonalization. And it felt like I wasn't in my body anymore. I was not here. I was not grounded. And as a result, that feeling was making me wonder, what if we don't even exist? What if none of this is real? What if this is all just a simulation and somehow maybe there's just a little bit of a glitch or error and I'm able to perceive that in a sense, because for two or three weeks, there was a time when I felt like I was watching my life on a screen, and I was not really there, even though I was, obviously. And during that time, I was really legitimately pondering whether I, I even existed. Now, that's one of those things that we cannot prove, and we may never be able to. So it all depends on your philosophy, uh, how you feel about the universe, creation, our existence, and so on. But, I mean, what can you say? Can you prove that we are in a simulation? No. Can you prove that we aren't in a simulation? I don't think so either. So it comes down to personal philosophy, and either way, look, in the end, if we are in a simulation, or if we aren't, just don't do anything stupid either way. It's it's not worth it. It just isn't worth it. All right, uh, we have two more topic suggestions. Wade is uh, checking in. On to my question. I am a student at a fairly academically challenging school, and I sometimes have extreme anxiety about tests, projects, assignments, etc., and don't usually have a lot of free time because of homework. My family and friends say that I need to not try so hard and not to stress about school too much, but I disagree. My question is, do you think putting in lots of effort into schoolwork to the point where you don't get to enjoy the various things that school has to offer is justified 
by a well-paying job or a job that you enjoy in the end? I'd like to know your answer. Thank you, Wade. So I think what you're essentially asking is, you know, you might feel, or at least some people around you perhaps feel, that you are wasting the prime of your life uh, by focusing too much on your schoolwork. And that you can't, you don't necessarily have that option, that ability to be able to, whatever, whatever it is that you like doing in your free time, uh, be that listening to shortwave or going to the club or playing video games or reading or anything else. And you're wondering, well, what if I get a good job? What if all of this studying and hard work and time that I am putting in right now into education, I think it'll pay off going forward. What do you think? I mean, here's what you need to consider. There are lots of times in life where hard work will pay off. Where all these hours... Now, I don't know if you're in uh, primary school right now, uh, secondary school, or you know what education you're in. But either way, there are lots of times, I think, where putting that all that time, that effort will get those good grades, will get you to those places you want to be in in life. But you need to be ready for anything. And I hate to break it to you this way because it sounds like, why are you telling me this? There will be times where you're putting in countless hours of work, of time, of effort, even money in some situations, into this pursuit, and it doesn't work out. You study, and you study some more, and you get the degree you wanted, and you apply for the job, and you don't get hired. Or you're perfectly qualified, but there's no openings. I remember there was a time in New Jersey where lots of people who studied to be lawyers passed the bar exam, you name it. There were no law firms out there that were willing to take them in, and as a result, there were some that were even bussing tables just to make money, and they had a law degree and everything was all that time that they invested into being a lawyer worth it? Not at that moment, but of course, going forward, maybe there will be those openings and they would be able to finally get the job at the law firm they wanted. I think it's up to you. You have to look at your situation and you have to ask yourself, how do I feel right now? Because everyone is just looking at it from an outside perspective. They're not you. They don't know how you feel. They don't know what your mindset is, how you're doing. So look at it internally. Are you okay with how you're living right now? Are you okay with, all right, I might not have the most time. I'm spending most of it on education, but am I satisfied? Am I happy? If so, look, it's your life. There's nothing wrong with that then. And if you want to spend most of your time pursuing education, that's perfectly fine. But if you're sitting there and you're miserable... I wish I didn't have to waste so much time with this. I hate it. Then try to find a balance. Again, one thing you didn't mention is how well you're doing in your studies. If you're doing good, you know, you can afford to take a little break here and there. And it's important to have a little bit of fun in life. Again, whatever you perceive is fun. So you have to look at it. How are you doing? If you're absolutely miserable and you're hating every single day, try to incorporate a little bit more time into taking breaks because that's the most healthy, in my opinion, thing to do. Uh, But otherwise, you just need to analyze it, you need to look at the situation, and from there, make that decision. But in the end, if you're happy with where you are still, I mean, taking a little break here and there will not hurt in the end. Uh, But just bear that in mind, and uh, no matter what, I wish you the best with your education and uh, career pursuits. And finally, Cesar in Ciudad Juarez, Mexico, Small suggestion for a topic, he says. Is there any food uh, you previously found yourself disliking and as time passed by ended up enjoying, or vice versa? <laughs> you know, one, and thankfully this has gotten a bit better, and I won't, I won't be too graphic with this one, I promise. And there was a time, I think this is going back to, uh, I think it was 2014. I'm pretty sure that it was early 
2014, where I was a big fan of hot dogs. I, I still like hot dogs, don't get me wrong. There was this one local place. It was uh, in New Jersey, but it was good. They, uh, they fried the hot dogs, of course. Good for the mind, bad for the body, but it tasted good. And I still like those. But there was a time, anyway, in 2014, I was not a hot dog connoisseur, but I liked them. I thought they tasted good. I was a fan, needless to say. And I, I would eat them all the time. So one night I was eating some grilled hot dogs, and I got a stomach virus. And that night I woke up nauseous, and what do you think I threw up, right? My dinner, that being the hot dogs. So for a long time afterward, you know, even if it wasn't the hot dogs that made me sick, because that's what I was throwing up, yeah, I was not feeling hot dogs anymore, and I ended up disliking them to a point where the next time it came to possibly uh, getting these grilled hot dogs, I was just too grossed out, and for probably a couple years, I stopped eating them entirely. Now, time kind of healed that wound, but in the end, that was definitely one food that it started out, I really started liking it, I was, I was a big fan of it, then I got sick, mm. opinions started changing real fast, and then over time, over the next couple years, I started warming up to it again. So with that, I think I'm going to be ramping up today's broadcast of VORW International, the voice of the Report of the Week. Thank you for tuning in. It's been a lot of fun uh, being able to read your responses, uh, your topic suggestions, and just another really fun show uh, this time around. So with that, again, any last-minute correspondence, topic suggestions, question comments, or reception reports are appreciated. V-O-R-W-I-N-F-O at gmail.com. Remember the short waves. Don't forget about them. They will, they will be there for you, you know, the usual. And uh, otherwise, hope to see you again next week, the 23rd of May, 2019. And uh, with that being said, consider supporting this broadcast via PayPal to VORWINFO at gmail.com, via Patreon, patreon.com slash the report of the week. Thank you. Take care. We'll see you next week. This is VORW.